Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. My tongue is some kind of powerful. Yes, it is. Turn your neighbor, tell him, say, your tongue, your tongue smells good today. Did you brush? <laughs> Welcome to church. Amen. The tongue is a powerful thing. So glad you are here today. As you know, we are in a summer series. Jonathan, it is so good to see you in the house. Everybody get up for the new, another, another one he added to the collection, a new daddy in the house. Yes, sir. He probably came out with a hard part in jail, swooped it aside. I guarantee, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, can't wait to see, uh, can't wait to see him, um, and and just honored that you that you're here today in the house. Amen. Y'all give it up for Jonathan one more time. Love on Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I texted him the other day. I said, "How's it going?" He said, "Good. Just pray. I need sleep." <laughs> and all the mom and daddy said, "I remember. <laughs> I remember. I remember." So as you know, we're in the summer series. In case you didn't know, it is summer, and it is hot in Florida in the summertime. And the church said, "A oh me, oh me, yeah." And so we're in this series called "This Is Us." Say, "This Is Us," and we've been dealing specifically with our relationships. It was funny. I was uh, in conversation with um, uh, somebody that uh, that comes to the church, and and they said, "Hey, B, I got to tell you that message last Sunday was for me." He said, I took notes, and then I went home and shared them with my wife who was serving in the kids' area, and she confirmed that message was for you. <laughs> he said, I just have a hard time sometimes with my mouth that gets out of control. He's like, I just felt like there was nobody else in the room but me and you, and God was talking to me. And so today, I believe, again, that, that you are here on purpose. So if you missed any part of this series, I encourage you to go back to podcast. We did finally get um, the one up on forgiveness. That is back uh, up on podcast. But in part one, we established the fact that yes, we need God in our lives. Everybody would agree with that. I think everybody agrees, hey, we need God. Even people who, who, don't, who don't go to church and who don't call themselves Christians, I think everybody knows who to call on when things go wrong. Sometimes they add a little phrase at the end of God, but he- hello. But, they, but they, they're trying to get somebody's attention that something is wrong. So we establish the fact that, yes, we need God. But, in, in, but as we continued in his word, we saw where God emphasized that not only do you need me, not, God saying not only do you need me, but you need each other. And that is a thread that is woven within this ministry through and through that we need each other. In part two, we got real raw and honest about our relationships and the fact that relationships Take time, commitment, and a lot of hard work. And the church said, amen. And we looked at what it would look like if we were a friend that God designed. Then in part three, yes, we talked candidly about forgiveness and how implementing forgiveness into our relationships is truly a game changer. And we talked about the importance of forgiveness and what that looks like. So I encourage you, if you missed any part so far, go back and listen. Then last week, of course, in part four, we started talking about words that heal. And as we began, as I start studying and researching for, for what we kicked off last week, and we're going to finish it up today, 
I start thinking, you know, I said, if our words can heal, then how much damage can my words do? Like if, if, if there's power of life and death, it, and if I can speak positively, positively, there, there it was. If I can speak positively, then how much negativity can I unleash on people? Oh, me. And so everybody say, my words can heal. I just felt like in this series that it was important that we spent some time putting a spotlight on the impact that our words have on our relationships. Now, throughout this series, we talked about, you know, just all of our relationships, family relationships, work relationships with coworkers, dating relationships. And then last Sunday and this Sunday, yeah, we have kind of leaned in and we're going to be leaning in on, on being married and what impact our words place and what impact our words has on our marriage. Last week I told you that the health of your home and the health of your marriage is determined by the language that you allow in your home. Now this is more of a teaching. This is not, if you came for preacher B, today is more like teacher B. Because this is something that, and I had a conversation with somebody yesterday, I was like, just because I'm sharing doesn't mean that the stuff that I'm sharing I have, I have mastered. Because I have not figured it out. But I'm telling you, as, as God, God's word is coming to light to me and I'm seeing, hey, this is an area that you really need to address. Now I can share with you through transparency. This is an area that you too in your own lives need to address. And, and it's not just the language that we allow in our homes. It's the tone of those words that we allow in our, in our home. Because let's be honest, words affect our emotions. Words affect... Um, our outlook, they affect our thinking, they affect the direction that we take in our lives. Words affect our attitude. How many knows that that spouse knows exactly how to fire you up? We used to say in the old days, they know how to push my buttons. I got ten fingers. I can push all of her buttons. And, and there used to be a time in the day, back in the day, I used, to, I, I used to enjoy, I used to find humor in pushing her buttons to watch her, you know, get fired up. I have since uh, learned um, to um, uh, walk away from those buttons. Amen. <laughs> I'm trying to help out some men today. Sometimes you just walk away. Even though that light is flashing red, like you know how much fun it would be to push that button. Men, walk away. <laughs> Danger. Danger. And ladies, same is true for you. I know you like to see that ticking time bomb go off sometimes. Hello, it's kind of humorous. Walk away. <laughs> it's dangerous. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me yesterday as I was putting the finishing touches. It's, he said this, if you don't control your words, if you don't take control of your words, your words will take control of you. If you don't take control of your words, your words will take control of you and your life. It's the power of your tongue. James, chap James says it this way in James chapter 3, 2. He says this. <coughs> he says this. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could, listen to this. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. Let me start that over. I don't think y'all all leaned in with me on this. Let me just read this again. Indeed, we all make mistakes. 
which means we're not perfect. But if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control our lives in every other way. Do you know why our lives seem out of control? Because we haven't taken control of our tongue. James 3, 6, I'm going to skip on down. It says this, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is, it is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can, be, it can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Thank you, James, for that such encouraging word. The words that I speak most of the time, are they, are they motivated by the words that are coming from my spirit because I've spent time in his word? Or are my words, are my words being motivated from the pits of hell because I'm entertaining hell? <laughs> because I'm entertaining hell. What's that mean, Pastor B? I'm entertaining. I'm allowing hellacious music to come into my ears. I'm watching, I'm, I'm t- taking God's tithe money and paying to watch somebody else commit adultery and I'm entertained by it. A.K.A. movie theaters. I'm not, talking smack, I'm not talking smack about movie theaters, but what are you watching in those theaters? Real quiet in this little church today. I, I'm just trying to tell you, and I shared it with somebody else this week, uh, a couple weeks ago. Whatever dog, there's two dogs inside of you. And whatever dog you feed is the dog that leads. If you feed your flesh, your flesh will lead you. If you feed your spirit, your spirit will lead you. Here's what James was saying. Your tongue and my tongue has the potential to do something wickedly or say something wickedly evil. So we must learn to harness and manage our tongues. If you're taking notes, write that down. Man, I must learn to harness my tongue and I must learn to manage my tongue. Why? Because if I don't manage it, my tongue will manage me. Can I, just, can, I just, can I just drop something on you? Can I just be totally frank with you today, church? Just because you can say it doesn't mean that you necessarily should. And I know we're living in a generation where the freedom to, to speak and our freedom of speech, we have way taken that way out of context. Because we feel like we can say anything we want to and get away with it. Okay. Maybe that's not you. We can get on Facebook and type up anything we want to and have no repercussions. Because it's freedom to speak. Just because you can doesn't mean you need to. And just because you can doesn't mean you should. One of the ways that we must learn to manage our tongues, and I gave this to you last week as my first point, and it was this. You must learn how to communicate to your spouse. Where's all my married people at? You got to learn how to communicate to your spouse. You and your spouse (laughs) don't speak the same language. Matter of fact, I think I told you last week that that somebody said one time that marriage is like moving into a foreign country and not knowing the language. (laughs) Go to Japan and show up and they'd be like, it sounds cool, but I have no idea what you're saying. Huh? Your spouse and you do not speak the same language. In his book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, Dr. John Gray writes this statement. The reason for relationship conflicts is that each gender is accustomed to its own set of emotional balances, 
cultures and values, and metaphorically speaking, lives on two different planets. That's, that's the reason for most conflicts. One of the most conflicts, that the, one, of the, one of the popular conflicts that happens when you first get married is, um, is people who, who squeeze the toothpaste, let it shoot out. You finish your toothbrush, but then you put it on there and let the rest of it drain out on the, on the, on the, on the, on the bathroom counter and don't put the cap on. Anybody married to one of those? Or used to be. You fixed that problem. Yeah, it's that, or it used to be, is, does the toilet paper go over or under? Where's all my over people? Where's all my underachievers? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. okay, okay. Uh, I could have went somewhere with that, but I won't. Okay. It's the reason for most conflicts in relationship conflicts. I, I wish he would have said it's because we're accustomed to having our own way. That's the biggest one. We're selfish. This is the way I've always done it. Hot news flash. It's not about you, hero. Hey, Barbie, it's not about you either. The Bible says we are one. And oh my gosh, how strenuous one looks sometimes. And the church said, oh, oh me, oh, oh me. We gotta, y'all got to work on which one, which one to go, amen or oh me. Amen is a strong spiritual point. Oh me is like, oh my gosh, I, yeah, that's me, that's me. So it's important that we break through our language barriers and learn how to communicate with our spouse in a way that they understand. I shared this with you last week. Just because it makes sense to you doesn't mean it necessarily makes sense to the other person. It, listen, it doesn't matter how in love you are. It doesn't matter how, how much you believe that, that, that you are soulmates. Y'all do not speak the same language. <laughs> I know I'm treading on thin ice this morning, but I'm going to keep on skating. How many accepted the homework last week? How many accepted the homework? The book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, The Secret to Love That Lasts. There are five love languages in here. And I tell you and I promise you, in most marriage relationships, you, you, you have, you have, you have a, a, a dominant love language and then you have a secondary and she has a dominant and she has a secondary most of the time they are not the same two planets <laughs> I, I'm, I'm encouraging we got our book in the mail we're going to start um we're going to start on this and i encourage you if you've not gotten this i think it was like what 12 eight dollars on amazon is that where we got it amazon paperback get this book and 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 and, and read it together I know some dudes, man, I'm just not a reader. No, I didn't hear I'm not a reader. What I heard was it doesn't mean enough to me to actually figure out how to communicate to my wife. I'm telling you, things will be hotter for you. Hey, better for you. Hey, when you learn to communicate to your spouse on the same frequency. I'm not going to break that down, but I'm pretty sure you know where I was going. Okay. Title of the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, and it's going to be The Secret to love that lasts. It's number, New York's number one uh, times bestseller. And that's what it looks like. And I think there is a, there is a um, devotional or, or whatever. Make sure you get just the book and not the, the other. Um, unless you want, but the book is what you, what you really need to get. I challenge you to make that happen this week. The number, one problem break, the number one problem breakdown in most marriages is most couples never learn to speak the language of their spouse. Today I want us to continue our talk. But I want, to, I want to head in a little different direction. Everybody buckle up. It's going to get tight, but I promise it's right. You ready? 
I want us to look at the mega need. Do not put this on the screen until I get there, okay? I want, you to, I want us to look at the mega need between a man and the mega need of a woman. Are you ready? Some of y'all got real nervous. What do you think, don't put it up there, what do you think is the mega need for a man? Anybody, wanna, anybody just want to say it? What I hear over here? Woo, I love this church. Boy, y'all so spiritual. Cut. That's one of the five love languages. Listen, the greatest mega need of a man is not sex. I know, I know y'all like, should I say that in church? The reason that the world and the enemy has been able to twist and pervert sex, which God created, is because the church has stuck its head in the sand and refuses to talk about it. Hello, somebody. But it's not, the, it's, not, it's not the number one mega need of a man. Now, now I get it. 95% of the marriages, the man is the one, I'm just going to say this, the man is the one that, that desires sex more. There is a 10% of marriages where the female desires it more. Now, if you, my friend, sir, are a part of that marriage, the 10%, we don't like you. We don't want you in our small group. We ain't friends. We don't want to hear. But there is a mega need of a man. Let me keep moving because some of y'all are really uncomfortable right now. Here it is, and you said it. The mega need of a man is honor. The mega need of his honor. Men want to hear honor words like, thank you. Babe, you can do this. Babe, you've got what it takes. I trust you. You've got this. I believe in you. Those are powerful words of honor that every man wants to hear. Ladies, men not only have to hear those words, they have to feel those words. Because remember what I told you last week, communication is more than just verbal communication. It's more than just verbal. What do you think a woman's mega need is? Security. Based on research, the woman's mega need is security. So what a woman needs to hear from us men is it's only you, babe. It's just you. I only have eyes for you. Women need to hear things like, you can trust me. I'm responsible. There are no secrets. When you're walking into a public place and a beautiful woman walks in, and your wife looks at you funny, crossways, you know what I'm saying? And you'd be like, no, nah, babe, I didn't. What woman? You're the only one for me. Hello. Trying to help some of y'all out. Let me tell you how it works for me. If we go into a mall, I'm not blind. If I see a woman who is beautiful, like, she's beautiful. I'm not an idiot. I'm not blind. And I, and I don't have my head stuck in the sand. And I don't live on another country. But, if I, but when I'm with my wife, now... I know as soon as I say but, that means so do you when you're not with her. Hold on, Mr. Judgmental. Can I look when she's not with me? When we're together, I make it a point because she spots her. Because, ladies, y'all know, y'all spot another woman in a store. Like, a woman's intuition, I'll be like, no, nah, she didn't, babe. <laughs> a woman will come right up to you and say something right to you in front of your wife. And you'll be like, you got a lot of nerve because you don't know this firecracker. She will light you up. 
it's true, but I'm going to keep on moving. Anyway, so, but when, when, but when she and I are in the mall and, I, and, a, and a, another girl who is attractive, I make sure that I look the opposite direction because I don't want her eyes to catch my eyes looking at somebody else. That's out of respect and honor for her. That doesn't, now, that doesn't mean that, that if she's not with me, I, that I'm doing something crazy. I'm just saying I never want to give her a doubt in her mind where my eyes and my heart, who they belong to. I'm trying to help out some men today because there's nothing more degrading than us being in the mall and she's looking at a rack of clothes and I'm over here and she catches eyes with the, the, other, the other girl in the store and she looks at me and I'm just watching her go across the store. A woman's greatest mega need is security. And that will bring so much insecurity. And it's a long road back. It's a long road back. You can get back, though. So, how do you say I love you to your husband? Honor him. How do you say I love you to your wife? Make her feel secure. Let me say it this way. When a woman feels secure and a man feels honored, there'll be magic in the bedroom. And that's all I'll say about that subject. When a man feels honored and a woman feels secure, there'll be no issues. Hello. So number one, you have to, you have to learn how to communicate with your spouse. Number two, you have to learn how to communicate to your spouse these words, I'm sorry. Man and woman. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, yeah, but I don't have a problem. We don't have problems. <laughs> There's your first problem. You guys have bigger problems. We've got to get comfortable with saying, I'm sorry. Psychologists will tell you this, that those of you that have raised toddlers, and you know this, if little, if little Johnny goes to school and pops Billy in the face, What's the first thing the teacher runs to? Or I don't even say, don't even, let's only use school. Let's, let's use, let's use, let's use uh, Billy and Johnny were at the schoolhouse and, and they was picking on each other. Then they see each other in the mall and mama, you with your, you're with little Johnny. And Johnny walks over and just socks Billy in the mouth. What's the first thing you say? Hey, tell him you're what? Tell him you're what? Stop. Because what we're teaching, this is what psychologists say, what we're teaching our kids is to say a word, but there's no, there's no emotion, and they have no idea why they just said the words, I'm sorry. you got to teach little Johnny, hey, that hurt little Billy. Don't you think if Billy would have popped you in the mouth? But mommy, he did. <laughs> you gotta, the same thing is true in marriage. When we just say, I'm sorry, to get that off our chest to make ourselves feel better, there's no emotion. We're just programmed to have done something and then immediately say, we go back to our memory bank as a child, and we, and we remember we're supposed to say, oh, I'm sorry. But there's no emotion. It, it's a lack of communication. What am I saying? We've got to learn to communicate in a way that the other person feels that we care. A true apology isn't an opportunity to defend ourselves and should never include an explanation. Hey, babe, I'm sorry, but, man, it's just been a rough week. Oh, I'm sorry, I just got so much. My boss is on me today. Mm -mm. The moment you said but, you just ended that moment. This goes, this goes both ways. I know uh, this, is for, this is for ladies and, and guys. Both, both, both can fall subject to this. 
Let me say it this way. You have to learn to apologize without defense or an explanation. But let me say this. After things cool off, it is okay to come back and go, hey, I just want to explain what I am going through. But if you take the liberty to do that in the moment, you've lost the moment. This is what I'm saying. I'm not apologizing to get something from you. I'm apologizing because what I did was wrong. And now I own it. I own it. I own it. Now, I, I have not always gotten this right. I, I'm quick to go, hey, I'm sorry, because I was trained to, I'm sorry. But all of this happened, which motivated me to respond that way. No explanation, no defense. Look at look what James 1.19 says. James 1.19 says this. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Here's what, most, here's, what, here's what happens. Most of us listen to our spouse so that we can gain information. Why? So we know how to respond. <laughs> I'm going to listen to you, but, but, but I don't even do a good job of listening. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already ramped up. It's like I'm listening so that, so that I can respond and cut you off so I can still prove my point and still get defensive and still explain why I responded the way I did. Am I talking to anybody in here today? Listen, the point of confrontation, listen, if you're married, listen to this. The point of a confrontation is not for you to win. It's to find healing in the relationship, not establish your kingdom or throne. Confrontation is going to happen in a marriage. But the point is not that I get to win. The point is I want a future with her. If, I don't, if it's not important to me to make it right, there's no future. Am I helping anybody today? Okay. Because y'all, y'all looking at me strange, but I, I just, I really, I just, I know, I know, I know what's happening. I came to do, I can't, I already told you, I dressed for war today. Because this is a subject that if we don't talk about and we do not get serious in our home and address, the enemy will have his way and he will get the W. He will win. I've heard this before, and you, ha you have too. Never trust your tongue when your heart is hurt. Hush until you heal. Never trust your tongue when your heart is hurt. Because all you're going to do is bleed all over your relationship. Let me say this about apologies. It is okay to ask for an apology from your spouse. But never, let, never allow these two words. Never allow, never, always avoid these two words. Here they are. Always and never. You don't ask your spouse for an apology and then say, yeah, but you always. You never. Don't, don't ever you Because listen, because always and never isn't true. They may have made a mistake, but they're not always making a mistake. Hello, they chose you. They're not always making a mistake. Listen, don't say things like never because never is not true. Listen, any time that you bring a lie, an untruth statement, any time you bring a lie into the argument, the other person is now no longer interested in the apology, but they want to address and correct the inaccuracy of the statement that you just made. You always, you've lost it because now I'm going to attack, I don't always. But when, and that's when, yeah, but when you do this, that's why I respond this way. Am I, am I up in anybody's grill this morning? 
Because I want to see the enemy back down from your family. He's trying to disrupt and destroy your home. And this is basic stuff. And what I, I, what I don't want to happen is the enemy to go, man, will he just please stop? What has this got to do with going to heaven? It's got everything to, to do with going to heaven. Because if you're not right in your relationship and you're frustrated and you're aggravated, you're going to go out and do all kinds of stupid stuff and maybe forget about God altogether. It's all tied together. He's not trying to give you an argument with your spouse. He's trying to destroy your home and then have your kids grow up wondering, was it their fault? Did they, were they, or they, was it, did they, did they, did they, did they leave because of me? And then little Johnny and little Billy, they have issues and they have mental instabilities and then all kinds of crazy stuff happens, but it all started with the disagreement. See, the enemy's not just trying to cause divorce. He wants to just stir up just a little seed, drop just a one little seed in there. And when that seed begins to grow, it, 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 it comes out as sin. Speak to the moment. Don't say things like you always or you never. Instead, say this happened. Be direct. This happened and I'm hurt. This happened and I'm hurt. And ladies, stop bringing everything up from 10 years ago. Hello. There is a statute of limitations. I'm not saying it because I'm the man. I'm saying it because that's what God just said. You got to bring this stuff out, B. Because it's real stuff. Who do you think put that in your head? The enemy. He wants... Listen... God's not reminding you of all the ways that he messed up. It's the devil. <laughs> you think God's trying to, well, don't you remember when he, don't you remember how he, don't you remember when he said? That's not God. Maybe he did. But part three of our series was on forgiveness. How are we doing with that? I'm going to keep moving. It's almost 12 o'clock. Experts tell us that the louder, angrier, and demonstrative that we get, the more defensive our spouse becomes. How many have ever seen that? Maybe if I just yell more, if I yell louder, they'll hear me. Maybe if I just wave my hands, they'll understand what I'm trying to say. Anybody? No hands moving? Oh, okay, okay. Maybe if I could just keep saying, this is me, maybe if I just keep saying the same thing over and over, she'll get it because clearly she's not understanding what I'm trying to say. Saying the same thing over and over. A little bit louder, waving the hands like a Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> Bad joke, sorry. So what are we supposed to be? How, how are we supposed to be? You've got to learn to be vulnerable. Write this down, man. This is, this, is, this, is, this, this is it right here. I'm coming down. You've got to learn to be vulnerable. Be specific. I just said it. This happened. And it hurt me. Be humble. Here's the big one. Trust God. Here's what you've got to remember. Only the Holy Spirit can be the enforcer of correction. Just because I'm the pastor 
And just because if, if Amy and I get into a disagreement, I'm not going to bring out the word to try to enforce. You know what my responsibility is? To apologize and make things right. And then leave it there. It's not my job to force her to, to accept my apology. It's not my job to get her to believe. Can y'all look this way? It's my job. It's not my job, because I'm trying to make a point. It is, it's not my job to convince her that the Holy Spirit wants her to forgive me. I'm trying to help you. Because I felt like, well, maybe the, she can't see the Holy Spirit, but she can see me. No, it don't work that way. I'm not just her pastor, I'm her husband. <laughs> Guilty is charged. Only the Holy Spirit can convict to bring the forgiveness. Lastly, you have to learn how to say this to your spouse. Are you ready? I celebrate you. I'm learning, I'm getting this one, I'm getting this one. I celebrate you. Here's why this is important. Do not leave celebration up to other people. Did you hear me? I got real quiet on purpose. Your spouse needs to hear you in some way that they can understand, I celebrate you. Because if not, I'm just going to be honest, if you don't celebrate your spouse, you're going down a very dangerous road because somebody else will celebrate. Somebody else will notice your wife's new dress. Somebody else, trust me, there are guys out there that are watching. I'm just telling you. Ladies, if your husband's been working out in the gym and he's made a transformation in his physique, <clears throat> it's important. I'm just playing. No, I'm serious. It's important that you take notice because someone else is taking notice. And as long as you're celebrating his accomplishment, he's not listening to somebody else and he's not triggered by someone else's. They can say what they want to, but I'm not triggered by it because she's filling a void that I have. Learn how to celebrate your spouse. In closing, let me say this. Don't tune me out because I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and bring the music so I will find my way to the close. Let me say this to all the ladies. Almost every man has a father wound. Every man, almost every man has a father wound. This is going to sound so unfair. But most men need to hear from you what they did not hear from their father. I'm not saying it's fair. But I am saying as men, we have to hear it from somebody. Little Johnny on the ball field. Where's daddy? Daddy, where's daddy? Did daddy see it? How'd I do? Daddy, daddy, daddy. How'd I do? It doesn't matter what you think about how well or how not well I communicate God's word with his people. But I do appreciate when other people say a quote or repost one of my posts or what like I really appreciate that. But you know who you know who it really matters to me what they think? Her. 
She married a 27-year-old. Yes, she did in 2002. If you do the math, I'm 48. She married a 27-year-old with an 8-year-old soul. Because I too came from a broken home. He's like, yeah, but man, it sounds like y'all are real insecure. That's because we are. I didn't say it was fair. But I'm saying every, almost every man has a wound or a void that was not filled by their father. Here's what I'm saying. Ladies, there's some things that your husband needs to hear from you. Gentlemen, there's some things that your wife needs to hear from you. Ephesians 4.29 in the message translation says this, Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. I love this. Each word a gift. Something you need to know, there are no perfect marriages. But you can have a great marriage. Let me say it again. There's no perfect marriages. But you can have a great marriage. And every great marriage has a positive tone. So what's the tone of your marriage? Married couples, I'm speaking to you. What's the tone of your marriage? Proverbs 16, 24 in the NLT says this. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Proverbs 15, 4 in the message translation says this. Kind words heal and help, but cutting words wound and maim. Are your words cutting? Are your words sarcastic? The Apostle Paul told the men of God in Ephesians, wash to wash their wives in the water of the word. Men, how do you speak to your wife? Are your words like water? Are they refreshing? Or does she hate the sound of your voice? Are you bringing life? Are you bringing hope? I'm through when I tell you this. There was a study done not long ago with couples who had been married more than 20 years. Researchers were trying to find out why they were still happily married. Not why are they still married, but because how many knows you can be married and not happy? Amen. But they wanted to find out, but why do they still, why are they still married after 20 years and how, how do they still like each other? <laughs> The researchers assumed that the couples had lowered their expectations of their spouse over time. Watch this. Researchers discovered the exact opposite. These couples did different interviews and tests and, were ra and rated themselves. They rated themselves through the interview process and they rated their spouse. In every case of the happy couples rating each other, they rated their spouse more positively positively than the spouse rated themselves example if the woman said oh i'm about a seven in that area the husband said no she's an eight same was true with the husband if he if he rated himself at i'm about a four the 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 the, 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 the wife said no, no 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 he's like a six or a seven this led the research team to declare i know some of y'all thinking love is blind <laughs> 
No, it led the research team to, de- to, to, to declare this. This positive view of their spouse led to an upward spiral of love. Many of you in this room are in a downward, downward spiral from love. This, this encouraged the researchers, after this was all completed, to encourage the couples to do this. And I'm going to leave you with this. Here it is. Create the most generous explanation of your spouse and then choose to believe it. Create the most generous explanation of your spouse and then choose to believe it. How do you talk, how do you talk about your spouse when they're not around? Men, you can't complain to all your buddies at work all week long and then expect to find feelings of tenderness <laughs> when you get home. Ladies, you can't bash your husband at the beauty salon with your girlfriends all week and then think you're going to have a, this moment of tenderness towards your husband. What am I saying? If the explanation of your spouse isn't generous, you're going to end up resenting your spouse. So you got to guard your words concerning your spouse. Not only to them, but to those around, around you. Here's your homework. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over the couples and then we're going to go home. Okay? Here's the homework for the couples. Create the most generous explanation of your spouse. And then choose to believe it. Be generous in the description of your spouse. Amy Weber, I'm proud of you. (laughs) Okay, Robin. Amy, I'm proud of you. You're an amazing principal. You're an amazing wife. I know, you just makes you feel uncomfortable, but I'm trying to, I got to model it. And you're an amazing mom. You're sweet. You're kind. You're patient. You're generous with grace. I'm not just coming up with words. I'm describing my wife. And then I have to take that generous explanation. And I have to believe it. Because honestly, it's everything she is. And I'm going to challenge you, husband and wife, to do the same. Can I have all the couples to stand all over this room together? If your spouse is here or if they're not and you're married, would you stand? I want to just speak a blessing over you. Amy, would you come with me? You come with me? I I got the prayer. I love you. I know, I know, and they know. It makes you feel so uncomfortable when I call them. But there's nobody else I'd want to do this with. And you have an amazing sense of humor. (laughs) We bless your homes. We bless your homes. Never give up. Never lose heart. Never lose faith. And never believe the lie of the enemy. 
So, Father, we lift up every, every couple represented in this room and those watching online or listening by podcast. God, I ask that you would stir something up within their marriage, God. May they take hold of this word that has been, that has been shared over the past two weeks on how our words can heal. They can bring destruction, but they can heal. Father, help us to manage our words. Manage our time, but manage our words. Manage our tones. Be better stewards with the freedom and liberty of speech that you've afforded us. Father, bless, bless their homes. Bless their marriages. Bless their lives. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.